everyone, and welcome back to Real Management Talk with LJ and Jocelyn. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm LJ. And we're so happy that you've joined us. So um, we are, again, I'm not even sure, LJ's holding something up there. <laughs> we're hot like red lava. Oh, like red lava. All right. <laughs> and if you see me, I'm in red again today, and I got my power blue hair, which kind of matches my wall but anyways so here we go <laughs> so you know lj i got i have something that i really want to talk about because this actually happened yesterday so yesterday i was out and about um going you know what we would call marketing old school you know before we had all of this tech and everything i was literally walking door to door talking to companies but in particular i was talking to bigger companies that are corporate contracts, that would be corporate contracts. And um, one in particular, and I, I was in particular targeting a certain industry that I won't say what the industry was right now, but you know, I had some very successful meetings and you know, I walked in and asked if I could talk to the training, you know, the person who handled the training for these particular for this particular in industry and it's not actually the HR department for this particular industry and um, so in one of them uh, the uh, that particular person wasn't there but I ended up talking with the business development person so that was all good who gave me the name of that person told me when they'd be back so I can follow up with them this week uh, the second one I was able to talk to the actual general manager who handles that for this particular type of industry and uh, talk about the, um, not only the event and type training that we're bringing to this area, but also about how we can, you know, help them future and got a, oh, that's great. You mean this isn't the only time? Oh, you could bring it to us. And I actually got that from both of them. So the third place I go to, cause it's getting kind of late in the day for this particular industry. Um, that I stop at here in town, I walk up and I'm talking with one of their people. And, you know, I, again, asked very nicely, could you tell me, you know, why? And this person literally looked at me and said, oh, we don't do training here. And my jaw just dropped open. I was like, what? I literally looked at him. I said, you're joking, right? He said, no, I'm not joking. We don't do training here. This person only owns this, this one place. Um, we just, we never have, they never have. So anyways, long story short, I was there for quite a while and none of the salespeople, none of the managers would, would actually speak with me because they don't do training. And I thought about that and I was like, wow, what a disservice you are doing for the very people that are helping put food on your table, not just their tables, but your table. And so, you know, I thought about it all day and I was like, okay, LJ and I've got to talk about this because because like, this is just not, I don't care what size company you are. That's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable that you won't allow yourself to train. 
And it's not acceptable that you, in this day and age, you won't empower your folks by just doing a little bit of training. Not, you know, I, I get that companies sometimes have limited funds, although they say they have limited funds, but that's because of the decisions that they decide to make in their budgets. Let's be really clear about this guy. And LJ's gonna tell you, cause she knows I'm on a rant about this, but this is the truth. Let's be really clear. You're limiting funds because you decided to limit those funds for this activity, but that's okay. You have the right to do that. I've never questioned that from a company as far as that, if you decide to do that, but you should also be encouraging your people to also invest in themselves and occasionally demonstrating that by you investing in them. That's a shame. It's, it's, it's actually extraordinarily disappointing because there's so many people in business. I'm not going to call them business owners because they're just people in business at that point um, and a failing business, I should say, a business that won't be going far at all that, that really don't place value on professional development, training, upskilling, retraining, planning. These are the organizations, the businesses that don't place enough value on planning. You know, they want to look busy and stay looking busy. But in reality, if you're actually working to create the future, you have to create the work of the future. If you're not taking the time to get trained, which means basically all training is, folks, is an opportunity for you to figure out what's going on in the industry that you're in. You know, it's an opportunity for you to figure out what's going on in industries, period, you know, all throughout the world. That way you figure out how to be more efficient, more effective at what you do and how to really successfully scale whatever it is that you're doing so that you can become more sustainable in the future. If you're not valuing professional development and training opportunities, what you're effectively saying is that you're comfortable where you're at and you're comfortable with realizing that you may not go further than where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And that is unacceptable. That's, that's business as usual. And as we know, as we talked about last year on our podcast, business as usual is dead, folks. Get with the times. You have I, got to be willing to get trained. Yeah, that, that, that old train, it, it's been, it, it, it's gone. The new train, the new, the horse, whatever. It, you know, it, it's left the barn and it's, it's galloping. And if you're not willing as a business to not just invest in your, your own people, but also to um, not change and learn new things, uh, you, you really, you may be in business, you may even be in business for another 10 or 15 years, but you're going to see it drop off every single year. And we're not talking about the um, kind of economic upheaval that's gone on in the last 18 months and the little bit of it that's probably still coming. But because those things happen and, and for every business owner, those things, sometimes things really take off. Sometimes there's a slight retraction, whatever. But we're talking about being able to also weather, especially if there's a slight retraction in whatever you're doing, due to things that are really not in your control. And 
you know, to really get through it, um, your team needs to know that, that they can depend on you. You need to know that you can depend on them. Clients need to know that they can depend on you. And by the way, you know, they don't, what's a good example? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm dating myself, guys, but I grew up in the 80s. And yes, there are pictures of me with some of those lovely 80s fashions that <laughs> look at now. It wasn't just the big hair, guys. But, you know, I, I think to myself, why in the world did we all think this was cool? But at any rate, you know, here's the thing. Somebody doesn't want to show up to work with me and I'm stuck in the 80s. I mean, you know, that's not going to get, get me. I might have managed to hold on for a long time, but if I don't figure out how to adapt to whatever new landscape is, and if I don't invest in my people, and I don't um, invest not just in the people who directly work for me, but in um, different colleagues and different collaborators and different, if, if I don't do that, where everything is going now, guys, we're, we're in the tech, tech age, the tech information age. That is the train that left, left last year in March of 2020. That is literally the train that left. That is the period of time. We're, we're no longer in the industrial age. We are in the tech age. And business is different. And, you know, they're talking about, I guess what everybody's done, the great resignation. Um, you know, some of that is truthfully, you know, there were going to be a lot of uh, certain uh, baby boomers who were starting to retire anyways. Some of them, I think, decided to retire earlier because of all this. And I think there's some parts of that. But I also know that, you know, I don't know about you, LJ, but like I'm seeing all kinds of articles starting to talk now about how, you know, the 40 hour work week, that whole thing that, you know, is the whole industrial, that thing's dead. The way people work is different, but also what they expect in, in this idea that, well, people are just happy to have a paycheck, have benefits. Uh, guys, let me, you know, that, that's a big no, because if you look around what's happening right now, even really good companies with really good paychecks and really good benefits can't hire people. Oh. So that should be the big clue that that ain't it either. What people want is they want people that are going to treat them as the human being that they are meet them to where they are. Now, don't get me wrong. In my book, that's not meaning that if somebody's truly not doing the job, they're truly not doing the job. That's a different thing you have to address, but invest in them. Make them feel a part of the company. Let them have some ownership, empower them. Your business will grow exponentially. And I don't care what kind of business it is. I don't care if it's a nonprofit, if it's a for-profit, if it's the what do we call it? The court B thing now. The you know, they they will all grow exponentially if you start investing in the right place, and that starts with the people. Amen. That's my rant. <laughs> it's brilliant, and it's right on time. It's honestly right on time commentary because you know to your point, everybody's an entrepreneur now. You know, with the coronavirus pandemic, everybody had to go home and they had to think about ways to make money while they're home. 
you know, mm -hmm. so gig work is a thing. The project economy, folks, is here. So if the project economy is here and you are looking to hire talent, you have to be able to offer them uh, fringe benefits. And really a fringe benefit is gonna be things like the promise of training, the promise of professional development, the promise that you will continue, you will be invested here, uh, invested in here so that if you are a perpetual learner, uh, you will get that itch of learning scratched. That's what it's about. You know, yeah. we, we need people uh, to be cognizant of the changes that are happening around them. You can't survive in a bubble. You just simply cannot survive in a bubble. It just doesn't work like that. You can try, but look around you. You know, we've got uh, Congress kicking the can down the road for the debt ceiling. You know, uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And now we're talking, you know, banks are talking about J.P. Morgan, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, Dave, Jamie Diamond came out and said, if, uh, you know, they're, they're planning for the worst case scenario. So mm -hmm. the last time that this happened, what was that, 2011-ish, you know, they had to pay, what, $100 million? It was $100 million in expenses on their part just to keep things afloat, just to, you know, keep with their, their uh, obligations. So, you know, yet again, here we are in this, you know, highly uh, political, highly polarized uh, a society where, you know, you look around globally, things, supply chain is an issue. People are paying extraordinarily, extraordinary money for uh, just shipping, just shipping of different supplies and different products. So, I mean, we're in a different time now, folks. You cannot live in a bubble. If you try to live in a bubble, uh, then, then your days are numbered. Bottom line, you've got to, you know, adapt. And adaptation is, is uh, what we would say is preceded by training. Adaptation is preceded by perpetual learning. And you need that in a formal training uh, uh, opportunity. But again, with training, it's so much deeper than that, right? It's so much deeper. That's already deep on its own. But what you got to be thinking about is your obligation to the, the community that you live in. If there are other businesses that are providing services that your employees can take advantage of and that you can take advantage of, why would you not want to support that? To me, that doesn't make sense. If your business ecosystem is not growing and it's not thriving, then that means that you don't have customers. You don't have new customers that you're acquiring. You need to be able to constantly acquire new customers. You want to retain the ones you have, but you also want to remain competitive. And remaining competitive means that other people are attracted to do business with you. If you're not even thinking ahead and saying, oh, well, this... Maybe this, you know, trainer is not what I need right now, but I'm going to still meet with that person uh, because I want to get to know their other portfolio of services. Maybe I can support them in other ways. Maybe they can support me in other ways. If you're not even willing to have the conversation, if you completely close the door on opportunity to grow, uh, then you're in a bubble. You're in an echo chamber. And that is where things go to die, not to survive and thrive. So that's you know, I, I'm, I'm very sad that you actually went through that because in 2021, approaching 2022, that should not be an experience that you have uh, as a business owner, you know, walking into different businesses and saying, hey, I've got a product, I've got a service that I can provide to you. Uh, let's partner. And they basically say, no, we're good. That's unacceptable. Well, what really floored me, and we're going to take a break for our uh, commercial break here in a second. So I will... Um, come back right after that and tell you what floored me about it. 
What could you do with your small business if you had a world-class support system? If you've always wanted to connect with entrepreneurs in a mentorship group who solved your same problems before you, your wait is over. I'm Jocelyn Vanconi, CEO of Vanconi Business Strategies, offering small business professionals like you an unprecedented opportunity to connect with seasoned business owners who are ready to support you in navigating through this challenging market. To learn more, schedule a time to chat with me at calindley.com slash Vanconi. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash Vanconi. To learn more about Luana, visit growthistacit.com. Purchase her book entitled Earned Value Formula Pocket Book and Guide on Amazon. Follow Tacit Growth Strategies on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram at growthistacit. Okay, we are back. Um, thank you for uh, allowing us to take the commercial break. We, you know, like to put pay the bills around here, so to speak. <laughs> and anyway, what really floored me, though, about about it was that the particular industry that we're talking about values training immensely, and it's always looking for trainers. You know, if it had really been someplace at one of the industries that I know it's kind of hit and miss or one of them that it's harder that that would have been one thing but this literally was an industry that I was like you're joking right I mean I really thought he was joking that was literally what I said to him you're joking right he's like no in all the years I've been here You know, so, but it, but it, it brought to mind because I've seen some other stuff and I've even had um, some other people say, say some things around, around it, you know, training in particular and professional development for their teams in particular over the last couple of years. And, and I've thought, I've always thought to myself, why are you not willing to invest in the very people who are literally helping put food on your table? Yes, you took the risk. You first, you know, stepped out of being an employee for somebody else for most of us. And you became that freelancer first, as we would say, in that kind of first step. And you might have legally put a business structure in place, but you're, you're kind of that free. Then you get to that business owner stage, and that's fine. And sometimes we bounce back and forth until our minds really get to that entrepreneur stage. Well, we do between the business owner and the entrepreneur. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm the first person to admit that when I finally like realized how I was thinking and realized that I had 100% switched to that entrepreneur stage, I went, oh, now I totally get it. Right, but it's hard to explain to people because people are like, but I am an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner. But some of it's mindset. And one of the one of the differentiators to me, at least in my definition, and maybe yours is different, maybe everybody else's is different, but is that as an entrepreneur, you invest in your people. Amen. You invest in yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um you know, sometimes in, in early times or when it's difficult times and stuff, it's it's hard to provide 
all of the benefits and, and different things like that. And that's okay. But there are things that people will still say, you're, you're still investing in me. Sure. And one of them is, you know, the cheapest thing you can actually do outside of probably setting up a retirement system is, um, is actually training. It is actually from all of the benefits that you can give somebody, it is the cheapest thing that you can do literally yet most um even business owners will not even put that in a line item to their budget they'll put in twenty five thousand dollars a month for ad spend mm -hmm. but they won't put one dime in for training and i just it just floored me that in 2021 in september of 2021 in an era where everybody's trying to find people and, and, you know, unlike anything we've ever seen, it's hard to find, find people. Um, and people have lots of choices that you won't invest in them that way. It's like you said, though, I love that you made this like, sort of dichotomize, which I think is so necessary by business owners from entrepreneurs, because the entrepreneur is going to recognize the business value of upskilling, of training, retraining, professional development. The entrepreneur is going to understand that because they know how to keep track of their business valuation. Mm -hmm. You know, you, they know how to translate the actual value, the dollar figure value of having uh, personnel, staff who actually have certain certificates or have uh, certain uh, courses that they've completed and things of that, trainings that they've completed. All of that goes into your business valuation. If you're an entrepreneur, then that's what you're thinking about. You're cognizant of that. You're always looking to be a perpetual learner because you understand that there's a direct link between learning and value, learning and value, learning and value. But like you said, these business owners, however, not so much. They see it as a, a upfront expense that they may actually lose over time because that person might want to move on to something bigger and better. But it's like, no, if you invest in your people and you treat them right, you won't have issues with them, you know, running off, you know, trying to work for other places as long as they feel fulfilled and happy at the place that you provide them. Exactly. And, and honestly, even if one of some of them do want to move on and I've had people want to move on and that's fine. You know, sometimes somebody's journey is even as a business, you know, you think, you think of it um, like as if you have children, for instance, I'm going to equate it that way. You have that child for a season, or at least that's the way it's supposed to be designed. That's a whole different topic we could probably get into, but at any rate, <laughs> you, you, you have the child for a season. You don't, you know, and, and it, it's true sometimes with people that come in to work for you. Sometimes they're there for a season for a very particular thing that helps you solve something. And they really weren't, you might think that they're supposed to be there for forever, but they really weren't supposed to be for whatever reason. Sometimes people are doing something that they've loved, but they've always had a strong desire. They've never been willing to express in that because you helped them and they got certain training, they started thinking about it and they're like, you know what? I want to go be the entrepreneur or I want to, you know, I, I want to go take, 
there's nothing wrong with that. You don't lose them. You know, you that's going to be someone that supports you. You know, when, when you are understanding as an entrepreneur that you have people that come into your life at a certain point in time for a certain reason, and, you know, they don't stay with you forever. When you understand that they move on to something else, they become really a gatekeeper for you in other places. You know, they become someone that you can leverage to support mm -hmm. your dreams and your goals with your business as you continue to scale. So, I mean, again, you don't lose these people. They just are, diff they're, they're functioning in your life in a different capacity. But again, it goes back to the reality that you invested in them. You took a chance in hiring, and then you invested in them while they were with you. So you treated them well. And I'm gonna guarantee you, once they leave you, that won't be a norm for them in the other places that they go to work for. Because again, not enough people place enough value on that, especially nowadays with gig work, with project-based work, you know, people are, are already assuming that they're not gonna be in that position for a lifetime. They're gonna be in that position for three years or less sometimes. So because everything is so short now, everything is so, so temporary, people are bouncing around the different positions, training is not going to be an opportunity for a lot of people as they, you know, continue to sort of climb their ladders or, you know, or, or you know, fulfill their professional dreams and goals. So if you're doing that as an employer, it really sets you apart. It truly honestly sets you apart. And again, people don't forget. It's just like with my students at the university. They never forget that professor that looked out for them, that really, really knew what they were talking about, that took care of them. You're never going to forget that, you know, and you never know how that, that blessing will show back up for you later on. Exactly. So, because in the end, it's a win-win situation. Amen. And, and if you're a business owner and you're listening to this, um, I'm just going to say, just think about what we've said, because quite honestly, it'll be a win-win situation for you. And as always, if you have any questions or follow-up, feel free to comment or, you know, send us an email or, um, you know, hey, you want to talk about, about, you have a different take on why you think I'm wrong. <laughs> good luck <laughs> feel free to let me know um and, you know <laughs> you never know we may invite you on the show what can i say <laughs> so, uh, but anyways hey guys thank you for so much for uh listening to real management talk with lj and jocelyn we so appreciate you and appreciate you tuning in and supporting us and until next time, I'm Jocelyn. And I'm LJ. Don't forget to like, comment, and share this episode, guys. And like and share us our pages, uh, YouTube page and our social media. We have Instagram. We have uh, LinkedIn. We have Facebook. Real Management Talk with LJ and Jocelyn. So look us up, like us, share us, and uh, subscribe. Yep. All right. Bye. Ciao.